Good evening and welcome to episode two of my series on the First World War at Sea. Uh, sec- series one, uh, German Raiders and Cruiser Warfare 1914 to 1915. Tonight's episode will be on the escape of the light cruiser Breslau and the battle cruiser Goben from the British and French navies in the first, uh, well, literally the first week of the First World War, making... Um, Dragging to, which ultimately saw Turkey dragged into the war on the Central Powers side, and cost the Royal Navy um, two admirals fired and one admiral dead, which will be covered in a later episode. <clears throat> okay, so in the Mediterranean in 1914, as I outlined in uh, episode one, you have the the two power blocks at present again. Uh, the Central Powers in the form of Austro-Hungary, mainly based up in uh, Pola at the north of the Adriatic, and uh, Italy, although erring towards neutrality, and the German um, Mittelmeergeschwader, consisting of the battlecruiser Goben and her escort light cruiser um, Breslau. Uh, both vessels were relatively new, having been completed in 1911 and um, sent almost directly to the, the Mediterranean to fly the flag for Germany during the Balkans conflicts and to protect German interests. And you also have the um, Allies, consisting of uh, France and Britain. The majority of uh, the British fleet obviously is in the North Sea and guarding the Channel and they had an agreement with the French to divide their forces thusly, and the majority is the majority of the French fleet were based in Toulon in the south of France to guard the Mediterranean with a small squadron of uh, three battle cruisers, uh, several armoured cruisers and light cruisers under Admiral Berkeley Milne of the Royal Navy uh, to support. The Before the war started, uh, Goben was due to be replaced by her sister, the Moltke. However, with the uh, as Goben needed um, some serious overhaul, her boilers needed um, sorting out. Um, but as the escalation grew, it was decided that the best thing to do was to keep the Goben in um, the Mediterranean and the Moltke in the North Sea in case uh, they were either one was caught at sea, uh, unable to go anywhere, and also that the Moltke might be uh, more use to the German Navy as she was she had already had undergone um, repairs and was in uh, top condition rather than a, a battle cruiser that pretty much would be in dry dock as soon as it arrived. So Goben and Breslau went to the Austro-Hungarian base at Pola where they uh, underwent refits um, with the boilers com- being completely stripped out by German engineers who had come down uh, by train um, whilst Admiral Souchon, the commander of the German squadron, met with the head of the Austro-Hungarian Navy, Admiral Haus, to discuss uh, the tactics of what they should do should the first should war commence. And the big, uh, juiciest target was the French Navy, who would be shifting the 14th Corps um, from Algeria to the south of France. If this could be stopped by the Central Powers, it would seriously dent the uh, French army's ability to combat the Germans, and costing, costing them an entire corps. So a plan was laid out that the Germans would go first, 
house would follow up in the rear. They would meet at Messina in Sicily and then proceed to the west end of the Mediterranean where they would engage, engage the French. However, on the 2nd of August, um, when Goben and Breslau had arrived at Messina, there was no Austro-Hungarian forces. They didn't sail out to join them. Uh, so whilst uh, Souchon confiscated the line of General and uh, called his vessels and took on extra crew from the reservists of that of that liner, he tried, tried to signal the Austro-Hungarians, but to no avail. So he had to follow... Um, go with plan B and on the 3rd of August his two vessels left uh, Messina in the early hours of the morning and sailed towards Algeria at 6pm on the other side you have the Allies and uh, the French and the British had um, opposing uh, <laughs> Opposing ways of deal of controlling the naval situation. The French, under and I'm going to get the pronunciation wrong, uh, Admiral uh, Lapéry, um, left Toulon Harbour on the third of August uh, to form an escort. Uh, the fleet was divided into three sections, and they were going to escort the fleet as a convoy, which meant waiting for all the transports to mass together, and then in three sections take them across the channel. This was in direct uh, disregard to the the ministry, the French Marine Ministry's uh, instructions that instead the French should divide their force as a uh, four hundred mile cordon across the Mediterranean, uh, forming two lines to uh, protect protect the transports. Uh, the French admiral um, disagreed with his orders. He told his minister that he disagreed with these orders and then sent an officer to Paris to tell, to inform him exactly why he disagreed with those orders and that he'd be doing what he wanted anyway. And so the French ministry accepted that the Admiral at sea had more of an idea on what was going on and that he, the fleet should be controlled by the Admiral and not by the ministry. Alternatively, the British went the other way. Uh, with Admiral Milne uh, famously quoted as saying, they pay me as an admiral, they don't pay me to think. And as such, some very lengthy and complicated orders came through from Churchill and uh, von Battenberg, uh, the British Admiralty, uh, outlining what they wanted them to do. Uh, Milne's squadron was just split into two, with Rear Admiral Trowbridge for his force heading to the mouth of the um, Adriatic to watch, keep an eye on the Austrians whilst Milne was to remain at Malta. Um, these orders came, were sent through on the 2nd of August. Uh, the primary instructions were to help to protect the French convoys and to bring uh, any individual sh enemy ships to action, but, and this bit is the most crucial, they were not to engage in a, a superior force without French support. Well, Trowbridge argued that the, if, if the Austro-Hungarian fleet sailed... His uh, collection of armoured cr cruisers and light cruisers would be of absolutely no match against the three operational Austro-Hungarian dreadnoughts. He, uh, he, also, um, he also argued that should his force come against the battlecruiser Goban, he would also not be able to fight them as uh, Goban had a, was faster and had a longer range on her guns, which meant that she could pretty much dance, dance around the British at distance, raining down shells at, upon them 
whilst they were unable to get anywhere near her. Milne reassured him that it didn't matter that he would indeed have his um, the battlecruiser indomitable and indefatigable in support. And so Trowbridge um, left Malta at 8pm on the 2nd of August. The first um, action occurred on the uh, 3rd of August with the uh, early hour, in the early hours of the morning when at the Algerian ports of uh, Philippeville and Bonn uh, two Russian warships arrived and then began to open fire as they were indeed the um, Goban and Breslau. But after 10 rounds, uh, 10 shells fired off at Philippeville by uh, Goban and a similar amount of Breslau, by Breslau at Bonn, they realised that there was uh, no transports in the ports and um, ultimately wishing to conserve his ammunition and um, not give away his position too much, Souchon decided to disengage and he ordered his ships to turn west away um, from the as they sailed away from the ports to give the French observers a belief that they were going to head to the western side of the Mediterranean and perhaps out into the Atlantic. When they were at a safe enough distance, they turned uh, northeast again and headed back towards Sicily. At 10.30am, uh, they passed Indomitable and, and Indefatigable, who had been ordered to separate again, had been ordered to, to break from Trowbridge's squadron and head back towards Malta in a complicated um, clasp of orders, which he saw Trowbridge at one point turning his entire force round, only be told to turn them back again to Adriatic, but without the battle cruisers. Anyway, as Britain was still not at war with Germany, the two sets of squad, um, cruisers passed each other. Gun turrets turned to face the other, waiting for the first person, first team to fire. But neither side fired, but also no flags or courtesy signals were made. And the British quickly turned to pursue the Germans, to keep an eye, keep an eye as to where they were. In the um, Souchon decided that he had to get away as quickly as possible. And so he ordered his uh, stokers to fire the engines as much as they phys physically could. But in the Mediterranean heat, working down below with the fires burning as hot as they were, a lot of the, uh, the stokers started to suffer from heat exhaustion and had to be brought up on the decks to be cooled by the breeze. Deck crew and officers, it replaced them going down and throwing pretty much everything upon the fire. The pressure got so high that uh, a steam pipe burst and scalded four men to death. But slowly but surely they made um, headway from away from the British. And by 7.37pm they had managed to escape uh, not only the battle cruisers but also the light cruiser uh, Dublin, which had been uh, trying to keep up and signal their position. And later that night, uh, Milne was informed that both German ships had entered Messina Harbour. And so he had to redeploy his forces to um, keep an eye on where the Germans were going, which way the Germans were going to go, placing ships uh, on, the north uh, on the north coast as well as uh, towards the south in an attempt to catch them. However, they had to, uh, had to follow uh, Italians' strict neutrality and stay several miles away from the Italian coastline. 
The Germans similarly had to had to be out of Messina Harbour within 24 hours, though they were indeed allowed to stay for 36, as they took every bit of coal that they could, ripping up deck plates from uh, German vessels to steal everything that they could. But even that wasn't enough coal um, to for them to go for the new target. Whilst they'd been bombarding Philippe Ville and Bone, uh, Souchon had received a signal from Berlin ordering him to turn his ships towards the Bosphorus and then up to Constantinople, where he was to give his ships to the Ottoman Empire as compensation for ships that the uh, British that the British had been building for the, the Ottomans but had, in, had now confiscated for their own navy. It was a risky, risky move because even Berlin didn't know how they would be received when they arrived and whether they'd be allowed to go up into the boss, uh, up to Constantinople as well through the Narrows. If he got that, if he went to the far east of the Mediterranean and the Brit with the British following him, he knew that if the Turkish didn't allow him to enter um, Constantinople, he would have to fight his way back out again and head for the Adriatic. This uh, was quite a gamble and quite a roll of the dice. The only other options were to head west, um, which is where the British thought he was going to go anyway, or head for the Adriatic. But he feared that um, the Austrians would... Uh, he would just end up bottled up in the Adriatic with the Austrian Navy for the rest of the war and not actually do anything if, at all. So he had to follow his orders from Berlin and um, struck out... Uh, struck out with the orders uh, that, a new, that a German collier would meet them in the Aegean amongst the Greek islands. And so they slipped out of Messina between the toe of Italy, the Straits of Messina, <laughs> the technical name, and um, out across the ocean, across the sea, swiftly pursued by HMS Gloucester, who had been waiting for them. Milne uh, sent an order immediately to... Um, had been trying to get hold of the French for quite some time. They weren't answering the radios handily. And in the end, he had to send uh, a vessel, the HMS Dublin, in fact, out to uh, Toulon to make contact with the, with the French. Um, and eventually received this signal early on the 4th of August from the French Admiral... I thank you for your good communication. I am occupied at present in the Western Mediterranean to ensure the passage of the troops. If you will be able to watch the entrance of the Adriatic and the movements of the Italians, Austrians and Germans, I will be very grateful to you. You will be informed of when I shall have resumed the, um, the liberty of my movements. Basically, go away, I'm busy. The French had been originally turned to try and find Goban after the bombardment, but with nothing really that could catch them and with the more pressing need for attacking the, uh, for getting, delivering the convoys the Germans were considered to be the British's problem the 9th, 14th Corps was considered far more important to the war effort and so the, the uh, Milne and Trowbridge were on their own with the Gloucester in pursuit moving at roughly 26 knots um, Souchon, who had, was leading a false course to try and throw off his um, pursuers and throw off um, the, ta the uh, plans, Souchon was bur bur burning coal that he didn't have, 
He needed to get to the Aegean. He needed to get to this collier. He couldn't be throwing coal away. And so he ordered Breslau to fall back and try to um, dissuade uh, his pursuer. Um, and to which they did. And there was... Um, they fainted, they fired, they pretended to drop mines. But Gloucester continued to... Uh, continue to um, stick to them. It's at this juncture that I'm just going to pull away from that part of the pursuit and head up north a bit to the Adriatic where Admiral Trowbridge had been ordered to bring his first cruiser squadron south um, to try and intercept uh, Gobin and Breslau. And it was... Um, it was it, it's become a decision on the, on the part of Trowbridge that has uh, invoked a lot of debate, and indeed a court-martial aboard uh, HMS Bulwark after this. The um, Trowbridge was deep in... Th- spent the spent the manoeuvre deep in thought on the bridge in the early hours of that morning. Uh, and at 2.45am, uh, his um, captain, his fleet captain, Ray, Fawcett Ray, came to him and outlined his concerns... That the uh, that his squadron um, would not um, would not do well, and in fact told Trowbridge that any ensuing action would uh, be the death of his squadron. The admiral snapped at one point. Um, his I cannot turn away now. Think of my pride. To which the captain pointed out, "What um, has your pride got anything to do with it, sir? It is your country's welfare which is at stake." And uh, Trowbridge thought long and hard about this, bearing in mind his orders that um, to avoid action against a superior force. And as he had no battle cruisers and all he had was the armoured cruisers and light cruisers, he decided that the only option was to stop, which he did. He wasn't going to engage Goban. He would keep an eye out for it, but he also bore in mind his other duty, which was to keep an eye on the Austro-Hungarian fleet. If, if the Austrians t- could have taken easily taken advantage of his fleet being off, out of position and sailed out into the Mediterranean as well, and then could have gone anywhere, especially attack the French. Um, obviously, this has been debated for quite some quite 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 lengthy. Um, I tend to think that Trowbridge made the right decision. Um, he's, I mean, Sushan would have fought if pressed. It wouldn't have done him any good. Um, and he would have had to, he may, probably would have made it to the Bosphorus. But I think Goban could have, probably would have engaged, um, and at least tried to escape. And Trowbridge would have lost ships unnecessarily. Um, which is pretty much what the uh, court-martial found in November 1914. And um, he was exonerated, but um, didn't go back to commanding the 1st Squadron. Um, so with Gloucester chasing um, uh, chasing uh, Goban, with uh, uh, Captain Kelly ordered um, to his uh, forwards turrets to fire on Breslau, uh, apparently striking her, but causing no damage. Um, 
but with all the with all the weaving and pressing, he had also come within range of the Goban's guns, and she slowed enough to fire off her her aft um, turret, and um, great water spouts appeared around the light cruiser. This was quite concerning for um, for some of the crew. Uh, Captain Kelly uh, sent a signal. Uh, saying um, that he had engaged and was told by, Mil uh, by Milne that he should immediately disengage. He was not to engage the German warship, but keep, try and keep track of her, um, which he tried to do. Uh, but with, a more, with more German fire coming in, he had to pull, pull right back, and then Milne said that he had to disengage completely. However, he, Kelly did send a, tr a signal that he believed that the Germans were heading towards the Aegean, which was the opposite direction to where Milne thought they were going. Milne thought they'd be heading west and was, uh, sat with his uh, battle cruisers at Malta, 460 miles to the west. And so he turned his force round. Although he still didn't believe that the Germans would um, continue to go east because where would, they go, where would they go? So he moved at quite a leisurely pace towards the Aegean, expecting the Germans at any moment to turn around. This gave uh, Sushon time to coal in the Aegean. Um, I can't remember the name of the island in which they, <laughs> which they did coal. Um, it also took the pressure off Goban's boilers, which had been suffering before the refit, hadn't quite been fixed properly during the refit, and again been overtaxed during the uh, escape from the battle cruisers on the 3rd. Uh, Goban and uh, Breslau continued um, without harassment, all the way up um, out to uh, the Dardanelles, where they were met by a Turkish vessel who escorted them through and up to Constantinople. Uh, long story short, they met up with um, the German naval mission in uh, Constantinople, which had replaced the British naval mission in popularity, and um, they, uh, the Turkish government eventually accepted the two German vessels as a gift from the Kaiser, the German crews, uh, technically, as they should have been interned or sent back to Germany, but instead all they did was don Turkish uniform and Turkish fezes and become the Turkish part of the Turkish Navy, and Admiral Sushon became the Commander-in-Chief of the Turkish Navy. Um, not bad, really, from, for a Vice-Admiral to become Commander-in-Chief that quickly. Um... They were also renamed... Um, uh, Breslau was renamed the Medili, and the Goban was also rena um, was renamed the Yavaz Sultan Selim. Um, when Milne finally did arrive at the Dardanelles and uh, requested to uh, head up to Constantinople uh, to see the Germans, he was refused by the Turkish government, and so they just had to sit um, impotent out in the Mediterranean. Uh, Milne was later recalled and never saw um, active service again for the rest of the war, and was uh, retired. Post-war, he wrote a book uh, complaining about his treatment and about how it wasn't his fault, trying to exonerate himself. But um, to be honest, the uh, Germans had embarrassed the British, the Royal Navy by quite some way, and um, he, he, he was considered to be the main cause of the blame which might be a tad unfair as the orders from uh, London were very were very vague and uh, 
as I said, with Trowbridge being told to reverse course, then to change course back again for the Adriatic, but leave the battle cruisers to go to Malta. There was a there was confusion. Um, it's as if I I can picture Churchill and um, Battenberg sta- um, staring at a map, moving wooden model ships around, but actually having no real idea what was going on. Ultimately, Milne should have been able to do what Lapierre had done, which was uh, refuse uh, to listen to London and make the decisions himself. However, at the same end, I don't think Milne would have been able to make those decisions. He wasn't that kind of admiral, um, having come up through the royal yachts and being connected through society rather than through um, ability. That's pretty much the end of the story for Goben um, and Breslau uh, from, from this point of view. The only thing left really to say is that on the 10th, uh, I believe it was the, um, they did sail out into the Black Sea on the 10th of August and shell uh, Sebastopol. I believe it was Sebastopol. I haven't got my notes on me. It might have been Odessa. But they saw, they shelled a Russian city uh, without Turkish, uh, without the, the Turkish permission. However, uh, the Tsar declared war on Ottoman Turkey, which meant that um, they became part of the Central Powers by default with Germany and Austro-Hungary um, agreeing to to support them in the war against Turkey. They would later then declare war on France and Britain. And obviously the whole campaign in the Middle East expand, came from there. But that's uh that's for another <laughs> that's for another podcast on another day. Uh thanks very much for listening. And uh hopefully I'll be back next week with uh von Spey, his journey across the Pacific, the collapse of uh the German Empire in the Pacific and uh, British response to the German threat. Okay, cheers.